0: This is April 13th, and this is the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. And welcome into the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. My name is Evan Marinovsky. I hope you guys have a great day, a great week. Uh, first, want to shout out my dad. Happy birthday, dad. Uh, it's his birthday today, April 13th. Uh, he would not love for me to say his age, so I will not. Uh, but a big happy birthday to him. Uh, and then, yes, this episode, I think you guys are going to like this episode. As we'll jump right into it. Uh, obviously the last bunch of episodes with the Bruins being so mediocre and at some points bad, as in Sunday night losing eight to one, uh, there's been a lot of negativity. Uh, but this episode, because it's the trade deadline episode and the Bruins had an incredible uh, trade deadline, really one I didn't see coming in a sense. Uh, and I predicted Taylor Hall, but I didn't expect the Mike Riley move and how good it was. I didn't expect the The hall for Taylor Hall. Oh God. That was such an unintended pun, but um I didn't expect that to be as low as it was. So it was a really good trade deadline. So Connor and I get into you know why it was so good, how they did it, um, and where these guys fit in the lineup. Does this make the Bruins better uh than the Islanders? Does it make them better than the Capitals and the Penguins? You know, are they cup contenders now? So we get into all that in this episode. So I think you're gonna like this episode a lot. Um before we get into the episode, bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA and the NHL as well as the MLB, are in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows and reality TV, real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online is you covered for all the news scores and odds. It's the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive that 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Do not forget to use that promo code CLNS50 to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports with experts. Maybe now's the time to bet on the Bruins. Maybe you think, hey, you know what? Taylor Hall, Mike Riley, Curtis Lazar, team comes back healthy. Get yourself a cup contender there. So maybe you want to go bet on them or the Red Sox. Red Sox are doing really well, killing teams. So maybe there you go. So go to bet online now. Uh, don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Bet online, your online sports experts. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Connor Ryan. And we're here with Connor Ryan. Connor, what is up?
1: Evan doing well. How you doing?
0: I'm doing great. Uh, Quite the weekend for me, obviously, UMass wins the national championship, uh, Saturday night. I loved, by the way, Jay King's tweet of UMass should win a, should win a national championship in a real sport. I was like, this is perfect. Yes, like that's, that's course. what I want. See, I love those jokes. I really do. Yes. Cause it's like, if you can, if you can do that, like you're preparing yourself to get some really bad replies. And I respect that. Like and you, just- you-
1: and usually, it's the 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 losers who respond. Actually, seriously, though, yes. so.
0: like no one to, no one should have ever taken that seriously. Uh, we all know hockey is a very real sport, but yes, national champions. Uh, I was fortunate enough to cover it for the school newspaper, at UMass, the Collegian, and uh, NCAA.com. So it was a blast. I, I had a good time covering that. Uh, definitely something I'll remember fondly. Um, you, I, I won't. Never mind. I was going to say we both ended our college careers covering a national championship, but you didn't. There, you didn't cover a national championship in 2015. There was no there was no national championship that year, right?
1: Yeah, it's funny. It's they just didn't have a tournament. It was weird because the BU had a good uh, team that year. Obviously, the Jack Eichel year. Uh, Frozen Four was supposed to be at the Garden, so like everything the the stars all aligned for that, and then it just didn't happen. Like they didn't make it. No no reason for it. Like I showed up and they didn't even have the the ice out they didn't even have the parquet it was just they took everything out it was nothing there they stopped
0: you really... at the door said you can't get yeah, it, it was
1: it was really weird yeah so uh what could have been I guess uh but you know I'm not I'm not gonna uh, not gonna hop on it it is what it is so Evan congratulations on being the only one here to cover a national championship I'm sure it was very very fun
0: oh it was what's funny is uh before last year what you just said would have been like the craziest idea they would have canceled an entire tournament and last year, everything got canceled. Um, but enough about you. I know enough about UMass. Um, cause that is, uh, st- I have uh, my Twitter became like UMass hockey Twitter for about like two days. So, uh, it's back to the deadline, uh, with the Bruins and makes sense. Quite the deadline for the Bruins. Also, another good thing for me. I was right. I, I, I we said that we, we, we went, we went through our predictions earlier, uh, you know, a few weeks ago and we had some doozies. But this prediction I had for this deadline was pretty good. I've been saying for weeks Taylor Hall should be the guy. Taylor Hall should be the guy. Maybe it's going to be the guy. Um, if you have, if you can do it for under a first round pick, you do it. And that's what they did Sunday night. Uh, I was actually just sitting down with my uh, with my roommates to watch The Da Vinci Code. we were going to watch. Uh, why the
1: hell would you be watching The Da Vinci Code of, of any visual media? Why do you guys settle? Like you know what? You know I'm going to wrap up the weekend. I'm going to watch the. Div- what, what prompted you to watch a Dan Brown novel?
0: Well, so I don't know much about it, but we, um, we have a list of movies downstairs that we want to watch eventually. And that I guess was on it. And I walked downstairs and they said, are you going to watch this? I said, yeah. Uh, and then so I sat there and watched like five minutes of it. I got a text from someone and it was, who's Mike Riley? <laughs> and I said, damn it. I cannot watch this movie much longer. Um, and so I went to Twitter and, immediately saw that the Bruins were getting Mike Riley. And like most people, I was like, hmm, Mike Riley, who, who exactly is that? And then I looked up the stats and it was pretty good. And then I came upstairs, filmed a video, saw the Taylor Hall news. I said, I'm not going back down to watch that movie. Um, and you and I filmed that Taylor I don't, I don't, Hall video late.
1: I don't think he missed much. So
0: they were saying it was great. So I think I, I might've missed something. Maybe I got the name wrong, but I think it, it was the division code. Um, with Tom Hanks. So, yes. uh, yeah. Okay. So I have the right movie, um, uh, cause I'm not really that big of a movie buff anyways, but I, uh, the people are waiting for our deadline reaction. Um, they're, they they do not want to hear about the Da Vinci code or, or some people might want to hear about you, mass, but I'll save that. Um, my biggest deadline takeaway is now the deadline has gone and passed. Obviously everyone coming in was saying, is Don Sweeney alive? What is going on? Um, ironically enough, this is probably his best deadline as GM considering he did not mortgage the future the Bruins again just to recap only gave up a second a third in 2022 and Anders Bjork for Taylor Hall Curtis Lazar and Mike Riley who we are both huge you know just looking at the numbers Mike Riley is a steal the fact that they got that for third round pick so do you think this is the best Don Sweeney deadline yet
1: uh I mean I think it's up there in terms of I think it all uh, starts with just the return you got. Um, and I think maybe you look at that uh, the trade deadline ahead of 2019, where you get Coyle and Johansson and obviously the end result, you get to the game seven of a Stanley cup. So it remains to be seen how far this team goes and how much that impacts them. But even if uh, we kind of hit on this during that quick reaction video we had, but even if, Taylor Hall doesn't pan out and Curtis Lazar is just a replacement level forward and Mike Riley's, uh, great kind of play driving numbers drop down quite a bit going from Ottawa to, to Boston. Even if those things don't work out, which you have to imagine at least one of them is going to hit. If not, hopefully all of them. Um, you still have to imagine that, you know, how, how do you find like really detracting the situation based on just what the return was, right? It's you're not giving up a first round pick, which, uh, you know, it's not supposed to be a particularly, you know, deep draft, at least compared to what 2022 is. But, uh, considering that there's been so few scouts in buildings, uh, considering there's been fewer games for people to watch these prospects, you could very well have the case where a guy who's maybe a top 10, top 15 pick slips down to the twenties or, you know, the the late twenties, um, based on just the fact that scouts haven't been at too many games this year. So that first-round pick has value this year. Um, and on top of that, you lose a guy in Anders Bjork, who uh, hopefully does well in Buffalo. Hopefully should be afforded more minutes on that Buffalo team. I think they're going to need it. Um, but it's not like, you know, this was a trade where even if people maybe were were fine with letting go of a guy like Jake DeBrusque, uh, I, I think you let Jake DeBrusque go, you still – are cognizant of the fact that he's probably going to be a 20-goal scorer wherever he ends up, right? Anders his doesn't have that same ceiling or at least that same floor maybe as being a guy that you know is going to be a 20-goal scorer or a 50-point guy in another situation. So, I mean, you could even make the case that Curtis Lazar is an upgrade over Bjork in terms of still a bottom six forward, still a good PKer, a guy who has five goals on the year. Um, so that already is an upgrade. The fact that you also factor in, you get Taylor Hall on top of that, who I, again, uh yeah, he's got two goals in 37 games, but look at all the other ways he impacts the game. Look at how much of a sporting cast he's going to have here in Boston. The fact that he's no longer the guy, which seems like based on his comments today, seems to come, He's was one of the main reasons why he wanted to come here. Right. He's no longer the, the number one uh, featured option that they have to opposing teams have to watch out for Like, uh and again, it's not like they're looking for him to all of a sudden be twenty eighteen Taylor Hall scoring thirty-nine goals, right? If he's you know if you brought in Taylor Hall this year and it was a full eighty-two game season and he gave you sixty points, that'd be great. That's what you need on that second line, right? Like they're not if he becomes his MVP force, that'd be fantastic for the Bruins. That this would be even more of a steal. But if he's playing at what he should be and his numbers regress back to the mean where he's just a Uh, You know, established second-line winger who's able to score goals, who's able to set up a guy like Craig Smith or Jake DeBrusque or David Pasternak, that's all they're looking for. And you got him for pennies on the dollar based on what the return is. So I don't know how you want to spin any of these deals as being something that uh, is going to hurt the Bruins because you didn't sacrifice the future to get guys who make this team already this much better and who could be even better going forward. Like, you've got a bunch of guys who – if you want to hop on the underlying numbers pretty damn good and could fit in pretty well here so I, I don't see the drawback
0: yeah again the best case scenario with this team is that all three of these guys they got are net positives and hit and they get carlo fully healthy mcavoy fully healthy grizzly fully healthy miller may be fully healthy but if those first three are fully healthy you're you know you're okay even if miller's not and can't play back-to-backs um, and you get rask fully healthy that's best case scenario and if that happens that's a cup contender like that roster is a cup con- that lineup is a cup contender that 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 roster is one that you have going deep in the playoffs um, they're maybe not a favorite but they could easily contend with that with that lineup um, as constructed and we'll get into what the lineup should be uh, when guys are fully healthy worst case scenario you know those guys aren't don't come back fully healthy the D suffers all that stuff but you didn't give up much you didn't you did not give up a ton it's not like you're the Capitals right now who gave up a first uh, Verana, and you know, legitimate pieces for anti-Manta. Like y- you, you didn't give up much here. You give up a third, a second and Anders Bjork, who again was never going to get his shot here. You know, everyone expected him to probably go to Seattle. At least I did and get his shot there. And instead he gets it in Buffalo. Now to me, I just look at this as the best case scenario is so much better than the worst case scenario. Cause the worst case scenario, isn't that bad. I mean, like, you filled holes on this team without giving much up. And I, as a GM, I think that's the best thing you can do. I said this to you last night, I've never seen uh, Don sweet, you know, someone's approval rating go from like 14% to 94% in the span of like 30 minutes. Uh, but it did, because again, like, and and we'll get into this, where Taylor Hall should fit in this lineup. Cause I think we agree Mike Riley should be a top four guy, at least especially right now. Um, yeah. number one. He might be top pairing right now. He <laughs> yeah. so. might be running that power play Tuesday night, but, um, or tonight when people listen, but, um, I, let's, let's get into this a little bit. So for a guy like Taylor Hall, I think he's, he's going to play with Kraichi to start. I think that that's pretty obvious. He's going to play with David Kraichi to start. Now to me, and you mentioned this to me either on the, uh, like while we recorded or after, uh, the high danger passes he has. He's second in the NHL, correct? With this? First. first, first. He's first, first in the NHL with this. For high danger passes. So for for those who don't maybe understand high danger, basically means you're just getting pucks to high danger areas. So, so it really it comes sense. down to if you're playing with good guys, if you're playing with good players, they're going to finish those chances. Obviously in Buffalo, that not a lot there. By the way, speaking yeah, Casey, of Buffalo, Casey
1: Middlestad's not a uh, Casey Middlesat's not an established sniper if you look at some of the guys he was dragging around on those lines.
0: How about the Buffalo just like getting killed in those press conferences on Monday mornings.
1: Well, oh. and and again pretty much Kevin Adams speaking afterwards is more or less like maybe fleece is not the right term but with Taylor Hall really uh you know incorporating that no move clause they kind of had the hands tied, right? That's I'm sure. Who knows if you know Taylor Hall didn't have a, a first round uh, or didn't have a, a, a no movement clause? Uh, would the Capitals or someone who gave up that first pick? Would they move it for a guy like Taylor Hall? You think it's a possibility, right? So the uh, they were kind of stuck. Yeah, the Islanders like they were kind of in a, stuck between a, a rock and a hard place in terms of uh, getting a return. So. Uh, Buffalo continues to take L's. I mean, it's, it is, it is truly rough up there.
0: And it's sad. Cause again, they, they, they really had no choice with this. This was the only deal they could make. Yeah. Hall only wanted to come here. It also sounds like he wanted to sign here long-term in the off season. And it was Sweeney and the Bruins who said, no, that we're not doing long-term here. And even, you know, he just we're recording this just after Sweeney spoke and Sweeney's talked about how, you know, when he was asked about an extension for Hall, it's results. Is, is does he fit here? We're not just going to hand him an extension, especially after a year like this. Um, you know, is he gonna fit here? Is he gonna work? So that's something we're also gonna be able to have to watch this off season is whether or not, you know, Taylor Hall wants to be here. He wanted to be here, I think, in 2010 when he got drafted. I think he wanted to be here this offseason, he wanted to be here, he's wanted to be here forever. Now he's here. Um, you do wonder if this this environment helps. And it seems like if there's any environment in the NHL who wants to be here. He's with really good players, veteran leadership. He's not the guy. He's playing behind Brad Marchand. Like, this is a recipe for success for him. And I think right. this is going to be where, you know, you you sort of see what how he fits. Um, and if this goes well, he might get an extension, you know? So good for him. Now, back on the topic of where he fits in the lineup. The high-danger pass. Is the high-danger pass – that's what it's called, right? Passes.
1: So, yeah. So, I mean, again, if you watch some of the highlights, it's a lot of, you know uh, – you know, seam passes into the, into the slot over by the, uh, in the crease areas where ideally it's where if you had a guy there, uh, you'd have a lot of tap ins or, or easy, easy goals pretty much. And he does that very well. A lot of that's off the rush just through transition. So, um, it's a pretty area that it's funny. Everyone thinks that I, everyone seems to think that KO Hall is like this sniper, but he's only hit 30 goals once and it was that hot trophy year where you could probably pretty much say that it was an outlier. Like not to say he's not a great player. I think he's got 20 plus goals in six seasons, but he's more of a, you know, a speedy guy who creates offense kind of on the fly on the rush um, and kind of helps out his teammates in that regard. So,
0: so this is why kraichi obviously makes sense because you fill that up, but also posture on the right side, like th- to me, again, you're high danger passes. He's setting guys up really fast. That, that should be the line right there. Like Hall, Krejci, Pasternak should be the line. Um, and we saw in the past couple of games, this Marshan, Bergeron, uh, Craig Smith line has worked out really well. Like that line has worked. I think they're outscoring opponents eight to two. Yep. Uh, it, it, at least I checked that before the eight to one yep. game, but they didn't eight play to together. Two. I don't think in the eight to one game. Um, so eight to two. So to me, I look at that and say, well, there's your top six, at least for, to start. Um, I know Joey, uh, Joe McDonald tweeted that it would be, um, Hall, Bur- uh, Krejci, and Smith, mm-hmm. I believe. I think he tweeted that. Yeah. Um, and to me, I just think that that doesn't uh, make a ton of sense. Mm-hmm. I think it just makes more sense to put Possock on the right side. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think when you look at just the way the the fit is, I think if you're able to balance out the, that top six and have Possock on another line and have that Smith line together, because it seems like that's a great fit, as you said, That'd be an ideal situation. Um, that being said, I think what Hall brings his team, especially in terms of just his ability to create those high danger looks, um, is it gives Cassidy uh, a whole bunch of different options to turn to, right? Like if they roll out Marshan Berger Bergeron, Pasternak, and Smith, a shot first guy who gets into grade A ice with Hall, it's not like I think anyone's going to be clamoring like, "Oh, what the hell are the Bruins doing?" Putting a sniper like Craig Smith with Taylor Hall. And you could even make the same argument that you know Don Sweeney said that it could be a situation where Jake DeBrusque is over there on the on the right side. Uh, you know, it's not his ideal position, but hey, he's a guy who likes to get a lot of chances off the rush. I think uh, even if he's out of position, he'd probably be pretty happy if he gets some odd man rushes with a guy like Taylor Hall, considering his ability to find guys. So. Uh, you know, I think we're probably gonna stop the air with or start the Taylor Hall experiment, probably with him and Smith or Debrus to start it. Um but it gives Cassidy a lot more options. It's not like, you know, we're hitting a situation where it's, you know, oh, is a second line with a guy like Carson Kuhlman gonna work, right? It's all right, is
0: Craig Smith <laughs> going or, into game seven of the cup with Kuhlman on the yeah, right side of crazy. You
1: know, in, yeah, is uh Taylor Hall going to elevate a guy like Craig Smith or Jake Debrusk? You'd imagine both those guys are going to do pretty well with him. So uh, even if maybe an ideal situation this is just that if and hits the the ground running with with Taylor Hall is a great scenario in terms of just balancing out that top six. Cassidy has a whole lot of uh, a whole lot more options now, especially just looking at the way he can kind of mix and match. Because I think Hall is going to be able to elevate any one of those guys who have the scoring talent. They just need to get those passes down low. So um, we'll kind of see how it all plays out.
0: Yeah. And I think we're going to see a lot of guys with Paul and Krejci. I don't think it's going to be one set thing that kind of continues as we know with Cassidy he likes to move those lines around a lot. So I, I do think there's going to be a lot of line tinkering on that right side because you do have some time before the playoffs to see what, what works there and not to jinx anything, knock on wood for you Bruins fans. There hasn't been a ton of injuries up front. Uh, so there is that at least you do get to have a solidified most likely top six again, um, Krejci's wings have been cursed now for so many years. It's so weird to think that now it might just be filled, uh, which is a weird thing to think about, but you know, you mentioned DeBrusque and we always say Debrusk, you know, on a Stanley cup team is probably a third liner. Um, but again, if you're with Hall and Krejci, you're with two guys there who can elevate your game. They're, those are two guys who are going to help, you know, help you get space, help you get uh good scoring chances and, you know maybe that jump starts Jake DeBrusque's production. I know a lot of people are kind of all tied up in the fact that uh, Hall only has one even strength goal this year. Yeah. And I just think it's so easy to just attribute that to a bad situation of Buffalo. Like yeah. you're put like that that is that is the thing and he even mentioned today in his heart trophy season, he had a lot of guys, a lot of good guys around him in New Jersey, who weren't even as good as the guys they have in Boston now. Now I'm not saying yeah. Paul's gonna come out and be the MVP caliber guy he was. I don't think he is. I don't think he needs to be. I think he just needs to be a consistent presence um who elevates that second line and makes it so that when the postseason comes around, you're not a one line team like you have been the past few years. Um so the Taylor Hall thing I, I think is an A plus. I don't see why that would even be viewed as bad. Um the only negatives I've seen on it is like, you know
1: Evan, he's a bum. He's a he- bum. Because he was he part could, he's part of a—he's a coach a sh- killer. Yeah, because he's part of a shitty Oilers team that promptly drafted Nal Yakupov year after him.
0: So th- that's the one thing that I don't understand with the whole thing. Whatever it was, it was, it was, it was two was, years. Twenty thirteen yeah, they, yeah. they drafted him, or twenty twelve. But um what I find so fascinating with that argument, just look at the teams the guy's been on. The Oilers sucked when he was there, and hockey is not a sport where one guy can change an entire franchise. Look at McDavid out in Edmonton. Like they have him dry and they struggle to make the playoffs every year. Um, so, so you have that, then you go to New Jersey that and he, the, the year he, he went off, he, he basically carried them to the playoffs. Uh, and then he goes to Arizona, which is a horrendous situation. And then he goes to Buffalo. Like, do you, do you expect that he's going to go there and they're going to become these winning teams? No. So that's why, like, I was listening to Felger and Maz just bash. Uh, Taylor Hall and how he's never won anywhere. And it's like, well, yeah, he's never won anywhere because he's never been anywhere with anybody good around yes. him. So this is the first, this is the first time he has real teammates and a real team with real culture and, you know, UMass culture right there. Boom. Um, can't, can't, can't forget to shout that out. Uh, if only you, if only the Bruins had Carville as coach, then, then, you know, Stanley Cups would be endless. Um, but no, I do think this is the right situation. Uh, and then the other two deals, Mike Riley, you know, I, I, I see no problem with that deal. Um, and Curtis Lazar is a depth piece. So um, that is what the Bruins did at this deadline. Now, for the rest of the division, do, do you think – now here's the million-dollar question. Do you think these deals elevate the Bruins past the Penguins, past the Capitals, past the Islanders, if they played them in the playoffs? Well, when they play one of them in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's all going to come down to health. Uh, this team, if you get Rask back healthy and you don't have to worry about um, uh, that injury, uh, you know, popping back up. Uh, if you get Kahlo back and Grizzlick and McAvoy, then you're in a much better spot. And uh, I don't even want to mention, you know, Andre Koch. It's just in terms of we don't really know if he's even going to be back. If he's able to, if he was able to come back, like how much that also just helps, your options in terms of, you know, your middle six, but I'm not going to put pressure on a guy who's obviously seems like he's really dealing with concussion issues. So, um, but if you get back healthy, I don't see how this team isn't right, right in the mix there. I think the toughest team, the, the team that's going to be the toughest out in the East is the Islanders. I think their team is just built to grind it out in the uh, postseason. season. Um, but, um, you know, we'll, we'll, I, you look at the Bruins, right? They're definitely in a better spot than they were, uh, t- 12 hours ago, right? 12, 14 hours. Who's eight like, to
0: one? <laughs> yeah, like
1: uh, they're obviously much better now. Even at like this modest projection, right? Like even if Taylor Hall is still Sabres, Taylor Hall, he's still lead, you know, generating high danger looks. You're still in a better spot, and you have to imagine that. He's going to, you know, some more of those goals are going to go his way. He's able to, you know, mesh with a guy like Krejci and pick one of Pasternak, Craig Smith, or uh, Jake DeBrusque, are all proven goal scorers. Um, so I think you're already a better team than you are, uh, you know, uh, a day ago. It's just going to be whether or not I think you gave past the Islanders because, uh, I mean, Capitals make that big move to get Anthony Mantha, but, uh, That team they gave up a ton
0: for that. They, they
1: gave up a ton for it. And I think if you hit them with speed, I think that decor can get exposed. They're big, but we've seen what happens when teams have, you know, a small forward. People always want to talk about uh how Tampa, you know, went to the cup because they got all these big guys. Well, five nine Brayden Point embarrass you in two out of the last three postseasons. So you need some speed as well. Um, which the Bruins have up front, so uh, they can match in there. And also, uh, uh, Washington's Golden situation does not seem too stout either. Granted, the Bruins don't have two of their guys in right now. But, however, <laughs> if, you, if you want to project down the line, uh, that could be cause for concern. Um, so we'll see. I think they're going to be right in the mix. They're obviously a better team than they were uh, just a day ago, so we're going to have to end up seeing um, – you know what comes of it, but I think if you just want to map out the projections, I don't know how you can find any drawbacks with this with this set of deals. Even even if you traded Bjork for Lazar, as I said earlier, I think you'd be happy with that deal because you got a guy who helps you in the bottom six, which you probably could use more of a st- stable guy there on that fourth line with Corrali and Wagner and Frederick. If you add a guy like him to the mix, you're doing pretty well. Oh yeah, you also added the 2018 hot winner, right? Like it's yeah.
0: Well, that's the thing. I think if they didn't do Hall, I think the critique would be you didn't do enough. You know, you didn't do enough to, to get this team going. You don't believe in this team, but they did enough. They did, I think, enough. They did more than I thought they would. Um And they didn't give up a lot of future. You know, again, you'd love to envision maybe adding another top four defenseman, Uh, but none got dealt. I mean, maybe a John Merrill uh on Sunday, but, he, you know, he got dealt for a fifth. It's not really a top four. I mean, it just kind of stabilizes... Uh, your defense. So I don't think that, you know, Ekholm never got dealt. Yeah. Uh, Connor Garland never got dealt. Um, so a lot, you know, again, a lot of these guys, you know, were they going to get Eric Branson from the Flyers? Yeah.
1: That, that, that's the thing, right? Where I think you'd be a lot happier if now that they didn't have to use that first round pick. Like I'm not opposed to them not using that first round pick, uh, if the opportunity presented itself. Like if Nashville reversed course or they were, Tanking and they will, they, they offered it for first, uh, top prospect and a, an NHL asset. I think if you're the Bruins, you do that because all of a sudden now you got Riley as your third pair and you got Eckholm. Then I think you're really elevating your game up quite a bit. So unfortunately it seems like just the market didn't dictate that, but given, you know, what, what the market was and what the Bruins had to give up. Again, I don't know how you spin this any other way other than the Bruins got better without giving up much of anything.
0: Yeah. I mean, this is an honest to God, this is a pretty, this is an a deadline. Like, I don't know what is wrong with this I, again. And also with the, with getting Lazar, you don't have to expose, you know, maybe a guy you don't want to expose in the, uh in the expansion draft. So you can expose him. So boom, there you go. Um, So yeah, this deadline I think was a good one for the Bruins. I mean, they're a way better team than they were, as you said, 12 hours ago. So I don't think that uh anything's bad. I did not expect this. It's funny. Like, you know, as early as yesterday, it was kind of like, well, might just be a nothing deadline because i saw the mike riley deal and i thought well he'll just get mike riley they'll probably go out and get another forward you know who's average like a curtis lazar and that'll be that especially after an 8-1 loss Mm -hmm. and then they kept boston awake with taylor hall which was honestly kind of funny seeing all bruins twitter waking up or or you know not going to bed just to see like what was about to happen it must have felt people it must have been so weird for people who went to bed at like Ten thirty 30 out. They shut the game oh. off. Angry, went to bed, said, screw these Bruins. I, I, I'm not, I'm not sticking with them this year. I can't, they're going to break my heart again. And then they go out and they, uh, they do that at the, the 11th hour. Um, but anyways, that is the trade deadline recap. That is our reaction. That is our thoughts. Um, Connor, is there anything that you would like to plug before I let you go?
1: Yeah, we already have a few breakdowns uh, looking at uh, Mike Riley and Taylor Hall and what their value could be to this team. Um, So that's over at BSJ. I'm sure we're going to have more breakdowns this week once we finally see guys like Hall and Riley in action. Um, It's going to be fascinating to see kind of where – how the Bruins kind of, you know, restructure that lineup. So, uh, all that stuff will be over at bostonsportsjournal.com. So subscribe over at BSJ. If you want to follow me on Twitter for my gifs and musings, uh, you can follow me at Connor Ryan underscore 93.
0: Go do all that. Poor Curtis Lazar, by the way, gets excluded from like everything of this. Like I know. he's dealt with Taylor Hall, but obviously Taylor Hall the main focus. And, he's going to, I feel yeah. like he's
1: going to be a, he's going to be a favorite though. If, he, if he's a kind of, when your, your top highlight is you having eating burgers off the ice, it means the <laughs> guy's just an electric personality, right? So
0: <laughs> should be interesting to see what happens with them, but uh, that's the deadline. The deadline has come and gone. Um, a great one for the Bruins. I think this is not one that we will look back on in three years and think, wow, they really botched this. I think this is one that we will all say, well, they did everything they could and they didn't worry too much about the future. Uh, for Bruins beat, that is Connor Ryan. I'm Evan Marinovsky. You Bruins be listeners. Have an amazing rest. Have your week.